Get ready to be captivated and intrigued as we delve into my life of spirits and all things paranormal. Join me, your host, Jay Lane, on The Lane Way to Spirit as I share my stories and personal experiences in the hopes of inspiring others to explore their own spirituality. Grab your favorite mug and settle in, and let's get started. Hello and welcome here today. I am so pumped to talk about this subject because it's something that really intrigues me, but it's something that I experience all the time. And so many people ask me if my city's haunted. So today I'm about to dish the dirt on Sudbury and tell you some of the places that I've been that has a lot of spiritual activity. Now, my city is amazing and I love it so much. Actually, I run a page called I Grew Up in Sudbury, Ontario. And where is this exactly? Well, we're all the way up north. We're in northeastern Ontario. And my city has a really rich history. It dates back all the way to the 1800s and it was founded as a mining town. And there was a huge mineral deposit that was discovered here years ago in nickel. And it sparked a huge rush of prospectors and miners to kind of come here and try to, you know, find work and sustain a great living from their riches. And so the very first mine, which my dad used to talk about all the time, was Murray Mine. And that kind of marked the beginning of Sudbury's transformation into this like booming town that it is today. And so my dad used to talk about how Sudbury became known as the nickel capital of the world. And the thing is, it's so true because our city's economy really depended on on the mining industry. I mean, if my dad was on strike or if, if Inco was on strike, the city really suffered because nobody was buying anything. So it really heavily depended on that industry. And the population grew kind of fast here, actually. And people from all over the world came here looking for work and a better way of life. And so it became a really bustling city with diverse population. And actually, that's what I really love about my city, because so many people came here and immigrated from different countries to start their lives here and gave their blood, sweat and tears to make this city what it is today. And so I absolutely love that about our city. But it also is not only known for mining, it's also known for its paranormal activity. And so many local visitors have shared their encounters. I mean, I've heard so many stories about ghosts and spirits and unexplained phenomena in various locations throughout our city. And so it's not just the buildings that are haunted too, guys, because I've heard a lot about the LaSalle Cemetery. And actually, I remember my dad telling me that in the 40s, they relocated that cemetery from the other end of LaSalle Boulevard, so closer to where Giant Tiger is, close to Falcon Bridge Road, and they relocated it to where it is now. So they moved it all the way to the other end of LaSalle Boulevard. But I would imagine that there's a lot of restless souls as a result of that transfer. And so, and I strongly believe that. Now, there's been a lot of other locations that I believe are haunted, but I think that our city particularly attracts a lot of that because of its rich deposits here. I mean, we have Manitoulin Island that's really rich in lime, and we all know that lime attracts 
spiritual activity. We have uranium in Elliott Lake. We have copper and nickel here in Sudbury. And these these really attract a lot of of weird energies. And I've had a lot of strange experiences here. But let me tell you, I've had a couple. So I've had an experience at the old chicken coop. Do you remember the chicken coop on Regent Street? It used to be sort of like a restaurant downstairs and upstairs was a bar. And I still remember one night my friend and I had gone for a walk and it was a really, really warm summer night. And we had been walking for about three miles when we realized that there was really no stores open. And back then, they they closed at around 10 o'clock and it was about 11 o'clock and we were heading back to her place. But I mean, we were so thirsty. So we went upstairs to this chicken coop and I'd never been up there before. But I had an experience when I walked into the bathroom before we ordered our ginger ales because um, it scared the living bejesus out of me. I went into that bathroom and I came out as quick as I went in and I told her I'm not going back in there because when I was looking in the mirror, I saw a woman stare right at me. And when I turned around, she was completely gone. And there is no way on God's green earth she could have left that fast. So it kind of freaked me out. And then it had me questioning myself, like, did I really see that? Um, I didn't have any ginger ale yet, so I know nobody spiked my drink. Like, you know, and we were staying there anyways. We were just going to have a quick ginger ale, water, whatever, and get out because we still had another mile to walk back to her place. But it's just one of these really, really hot summer evenings. And so I still remember that. Now, I don't know if anybody else has ever noticed anything there, but like I said, it really, really scared me. The second place that I had a really freaky experience was at the Capitol Theater. And I had gone there with a friend of mine, and it was the weirdest thing because she said to me, Jay, I, I need to go win the rent money. I'm there, pardon me. She goes, I need to go win rent money. I'm there. Are you serious? She said, yeah, I am. She goes, but I don't want to walk downtown by myself. Would you come to the theater with me? I said, where? She goes, the Capitol Theater. I said, yeah, I'll go with you. So we walked because I lived right downtown. And so we walked over. It was about a block and a half. And we went in there and she she won the freaking bingo. I couldn't believe it. She won $600. But before that happened, I was sitting and, and just, I wasn't playing bingo. She was playing bingo and she was dabbing the cards 100 miles an hour because she was trying to catch up to the caller because we'd gotten there a few minutes late and she had bought about like 10 cards. And so I was looking where the lady was calling the bingo and I saw someone walk behind her and it was a man with a red hat. I still remember it. And I thought, oh, my God, like there's something wrong with his legs because he didn't look like he was walking. He looked like he was gliding. It was the weirdest thing. So here trying to look behind her because I'm thinking, well, maybe he slid because the floors were kind of like waxy there. So I thought maybe he had slid on on the floor, but he had slid nowhere. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that. So, you know, about 20 minutes later, uh, she yells out bingo. And um, so as she runs to to cash out or whatever, I'm still sitting there because I didn't know whether she was going to come back or where she was. So I just sat there and I waited for her. And I saw this guy again, just kind of slide by behind the bingo collar. And so as we were leaving, I ran into a friend of mine, JP, 
that worked there. And I didn't know he worked there. So we started talking because we hadn't seen each other in probably seven or eight years. And I told him, I said, who's the guy with the red hat, like in, in the back? And he just kind of laughed. And he said, oh, my God, Jay, did you see that? And I said, yeah, he goes, that's a ghost. I'm there. What? He goes, that's that's a ghost. He says, used to work here and he's the janitor. And he always wore a red hat. I said, yeah. And he says, he doesn't look like he's walking. He says, he looks like he's gliding. I said, I saw him twice. He goes, wow, you're lucky. He says, I haven't seen him in months. So it was really kind of interesting. So that was the Capitol Theater. And so that apparition was true as day for me. And it was like, you know, it was really bright in there. Like it was really quite well lit up. So I didn't think that was even a ghost. You know, you you think that ghosts are like see-through or, you know, but they're not. They, they, this guy looked just like a real person, but he just like kind of walked really funny. That was like lighting. It was just kind of weird. So that was um, at the Capitol Theater. So that was interesting. Another time... I went over to the Grand Theater and I was there. I was there for a Christmas celebration. I worked actually with the government and I had gone there with five co-workers after dinner and we had gone there for a drink. And it was actually back in the, it was in the 90s actually. And um, I just felt really terrible there. I couldn't even sit down there for more than 10 minutes. I felt so, uh, how would I say it? I just felt like someone did not want me in that building. And it was funny because I'd been in there before and had never felt that way. So I don't know if it was an energy that was brought in with somebody else or if it was like a resident spirit, but I'm going to tell you, I just, I, I felt like I was in danger. It was the weirdest feeling. And I, I couldn't even have a drink. I was, by the way, I was designated driver, but I couldn't have even had a drink if I wanted to. I was just so uncomfortable the whole time and actually I changed my seat about four times and they kept on asking me Jay like are you playing musical chairs I just didn't know what to say to anybody because one girl was like um, you know of a different religious background that totally did not believe in any of this stuff and of course working with the government you're not going to say oh yeah well listen you know I, I feel spirits and there's something really nasty here but that I really felt kind of terrible and so I didn't like it now, I used to live in the Vendetti building across from Tim Hortons on, I guess, Notre Dame, Paris Street, whatever you call it. And there's energies in that place. I remember waking up at three o'clock in the morning and I was hearing what sounded like typing, you know, the old typewriters and the old, like when it's not the electric typewriters, you know, when you actually had to take the carriage return and pull on it. So it would make that really loud noise. And so I was listening to this. And so I get up and I go to the kitchen and it stops. And I'm thinking like, what the hell is that? That's what am I dreaming? So I thought, well, maybe it's the noise in the hallway because my apartment had two doors, one in the kitchen and one in the living rooms so that you could go out to the hallway. And so I never understood that. And so I go back to bed and about 15 minutes later, again, I wake up and I could hear this typewriter click, 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 click. And I thought, oh my God, like that's an old typewriter. Why am I hearing that? So I get up as soon as I go into the hallway, the damn noise stops again. It's like, what the hell? And so I'm thinking, okay, so then about two or three weeks later, 
I'm sitting in the dining room and I'm working on some paperwork that I had to file for my mother's long-term care facility stuff. And all of a sudden I hear this typing and it's really loud and then it stops and then it starts and it stops again. So I'm thinking, oh my God, like what the hell? So later on my landlord called and I asked him, I said, you know, I said, what was this building? Like what, what was this building? Like way back when, like what was in here? And he goes, oh, he says, well, you're your apartment used to be a doctor's office and he says where your kitchen is was where the reception area was because people used to come in from the hallway into the reception area and the other door he says was for the doctor to go into the back end and he says there were three examination rooms so he says one large one two smaller ones and a bathroom and a small kitchen area so he says but where and I understood why I was hearing the typing because it was kind of wild. But that's kind of the only thing that really happened there. Mind you, I did find two bodies in that area, in that building and around that building. And I never felt anything around those. So which is kind of ironic, but that's that's what it is. And then there's the radio station. <laughs> there's the radio station. The radio station on Elm Street it was the country FM radio station. And I had gone there for an interview. And I'm sitting there and I'm doing a social media interview when suddenly I feel the presence of an energy coming through the door that I can see out of my left side. Came right in and walked right past us. And I thought, wow, who the hell is this? So we finished our interview because I didn't want to blurt this out as we're on social media. But as we're done our interview, I, I said to them, you know, it's the weirdest thing, but I felt an energy walk in here about 10 minutes ago from that door and walked right across. But I said, they died here. And I said, they died where that door is, like whatever's behind that door that's where they died and i said they don't know they're dead i said i think that this is sort of like either self-inflicted or that the person is responsible for their own death and so um it was interesting because they said well that's really kind of strange you mentioned that jay because on the other side of that door is a bunch of stairs that goes down to an abandoned area where there used to be a bathroom and they said a business here very, very many years ago had found somebody dead in that bathroom. I said, can I see it? They said, yes. So I went down and I was able to show these two people where I felt this body had been found and it was confirmed that this was the location. And as we were down there, we also saw some very interesting light anomalies and we had taken a video of it actually. But I don't know where that video is. It must be on social media somewhere. But it was many, many years ago. And so after we were done the interview, I had offered to smudge the place and they said no. And I said, look, I said, I have a feeling that this energy is here for a long time. And so if you have staff that's bothered by it or if someone's feeling kind of weird or feeling that like they're being watched, Give me a call and I'll come and smudge the area. And so they said, okay. So three weeks later, I received a call from the radio station manager who said, Jay, 
you know, I think we're going to take you up on that smudge offer. I said, okay. So I went after hours, of course, and I smudged the whole area. But I honestly did not feel like that spirit wanted to leave. And so I had let them know that if they had any more problems, that I would come one more time, that I, that I felt that that one more time might do it. I did get a call. You know, it's interesting because I received a call about a month and a half after that from one of the radio announcers who said that he had been working late that evening doing some commercial work and recording commercials, I guess. And um, he said that as he was walking towards his office to get his coat to lock up the place for the evening, that he felt what he heard was a rush of footsteps coming up behind him very quickly and someone whistle. And it freaked him right out because when he turned around, there was nobody there. And when he searched the whole office, there was no one there. So I got a very quick call and an email. <laughs> and so I went back and I smudged it, but I really felt good about the last time that I was there. And I told them that they would not experience any more problems and they no longer did experience any other problems. So it's uh, kind of neat. Now, across the street from that, I used to work at a place called Silverman's back in the 70s. And Silverman's, you know, was interesting because I worked at the jean st store downstairs and they had transferred me upstairs. But I didn't like upstairs because the thing is, I always had to go to the stock room to go get some clothes or to get some tags or to get whatever, mannequin pins or whatever. And the thing is, we had to take the old elevator to go there. And in that old elevator, there was the energy of a soul called Peter. And the thing is, he was um, all dressed up very, very elegantly, like a suit, almost looked like a longer tailcoat. And that's what I could see. And um, I was alone in this elevator and this energy was there. I knew I could feel him. And so that was in the 70s. Years and years later, I go over to the 61 Spa and I'm talking to Stephanie, the owner, and she's so amazing, but I was talking to her. And as I'm talking to her, I turn around and I look and through the wall comes this energy. And it's the same energy that was in that building at Silverman's in the 70s. And I said, oh, my God. She said, what? I said, Peter's here. She goes, who's Peter? I said, Peter's an energy that used to work here many, many years ago. And I said, I first encountered him in the 70s. But I said, I believe that he died in the 50s. But it was so amazing to feel that energy again because I was so familiar with it that it really didn't bother me. And I was so afraid of it in the 70s when I had first experienced it. But it's funny because I felt like it was like an old friend. It was the weirdest thing. It felt like reconnected and it's almost like he knew it was me, you know? It was just the weirdest thing. And last but not least, I remember being asked to go visit a movie set and it was a house that they were filming a horror movie in for Disney. And they had invited me there because the cast and the producer as well as you know, some of the videographers there were feeling kind of weird, especially in one area of the house. 
So I decided that I would go see what was going on there. And so I was blindfolded because they did not want me knowing the location where we were going. And so I was blindfolded. I was taken inside a house and my blindfold was removed when I got inside the house. And immediately when I got in, the very first thing I said to the producer is, where's my goddamn baby grand piano? Where did you put it? And he said, what? I said, Bill wants to know where his, where his goddamn baby piano, baby grand piano is. And I said, I'm sorry to say it like that, but that's what I'm hearing. And he said, oh, he said, okay. And what did you do to my wallpaper? What did you do to my wallpaper? And he's laughing. He said, okay, I understand that. And they weren't telling me much. So he says, you can walk through the house if you like. So I started walking through. And I was being filmed. And it was not the movie set filming me. It was somebody that had taken me there. And so as I got into the dining room, I could see in my mind's eye some woman dressed with a, those little, you know, the little caps that nurses used to wear in the 50s and 60s? Well, I saw a nurse like that in my mind's eye, and I saw two little boys running up and down the hall and up the stairs, and they looked like they were wearing like little cadet uniforms. And then I saw a judge with a, it was funny, he had a cigar and a gavel in his hand, and a cigar in the other hand. And I'm telling them this as I'm in this room, and then I told him that I felt very dizzy in this room. And that there was a secret room somewhere in the house and bad things happened in that room. And they all laughed at me. They thought it was really quite funny. So I told them about the nurse. I told them about the judge with the gavel and the cigar. And I said I could see like somebody in a, in a picture, um, two men in a picture. And I said, this judge looks like a judge. And so they said, okay, you know, <laughs> that's great. You know, we don't know anything about that, but that's okay. And so when we went upstairs, I went to the window and I wanted to scream at the window. And they said, well, we understand that. And I said, why do I feel like I want to scream? They said, well, we just filmed a horror movie in this location. And in this room, a woman stands at this window and screams as she's looking outside. I said, okay. So then they brought me downstairs. And when I was downstairs, that was it for me. I did not feel good whatsoever. And I said, there's a, there's a hidden room here. There's like a room nobody wants you to see. And they said, what are you talking about? We don't know what you're talking about. And so walking in this basement and the ceilings were kind of high in that basement and it was all kind of poured cement. And the one wall I'm looking at, and I said to the guy, the one guy standing beside me, I said, that's really weird. I said, you know, this house is really old, right? He said, yeah. He says it's probably 100 years old. I said, but look, I said, that's not poured cement. I said, that's like a cement wall. I said, I think there's something behind that wall. And they laughed at me. So I left. I, I just left. They brought me back. The guy brought me back home and I wasn't blindfolded, thankfully, on the way home, but I went back home. And so about a week later, I received a call and it was the gentleman who took me there and he was flipping out. And I said, what's wrong? He goes, you're never going to believe what I'm about to tell you. And he says, Jay, you know, he says, you were talking about this date, May 15th. 
I said, yes, I remember talking about that. He says, well, that, he says, is a date of passing for somebody that was on the set. It's one of their loved ones. I said, okay. He goes, secondly, he goes, you know, when you felt really funny and you felt like drunk in, in the dining room upstairs? I said, yes. And he says, remember you said that you had seen a judge with a gavel and a cigar in in the other hand? And I I, I said, yes, I remember that clearly. He says, well, he says, after you left, he says, they were just fiddling around downstairs. And he says, they found a great big wooden frame on a wall, like a, like a wooden big picture. And they looked behind it. And he says, lo and behold, when they took that big frame down, there was a hole in the wall. And he goes, there was a room behind that brick wall. And he says, so one of the guys crawled in with his flashlight. And he says, they found a box of photos. He says, so I'm going to tell you, he goes, are you ready for this? And I said, yes, I, I am. He says, well, they found a picture of a nurse with that funny little cap. They found a picture of two little boys wearing cadet uniforms. And they found a picture of a judge holding a gavel with a cigar in one hand, a gavel in the other with another man sitting beside him. And he says, we found this in a box. And he says, unfortunately, he says, the portion that we filmed with you doing all of this, he says, we did not get the permission of the homeowner to release that footage. He says, so he says, unfortunately, we cannot use it. But, you know, it's really quite amazing for me because there's so much residual energy and my city is so haunted. And it's not just my city. Your city's haunted too. And when we think about that and all of the experiences and all of the emotional turmoil or happiness that someone's experienced in one specific area will sometimes come to light when you're there. So in other words, you're going to be feeling that energy, feeling like you're being watched, or maybe feel like you shouldn't be there. But don't worry about it because fears are not out to hurt you because... It's not what they do. They love being in their space and they love replaying the experiences of their memories that they hold so dear or even some of the karmic lessons that they may be reviewing. So if you're in an area and you think it's haunted, don't worry too much. Just surround yourself with white light and just know that you're safe and that nobody's really going to hurt you. Thank you so much for listening here today. I love you guys all so much. Until next time, I'll talk to you again real soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed today's Langway to Spirit. To learn more about me, visit my website at mediumjlane.com or my socials on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>